Does that press you to become closer? Oh, I, I mean, you would hope, one would hope that like, if you realize this is what's going on in the world or mm-hmm. these are the stories, why would you not want to be in closer proximity to the people that God, yep. you know what I mean? For the people that God's heart breaks for and with, that's where you should want to be. Hey, it's Brandon. Hey, it's Chelsea. And welcome to the Religious Dropouts Road Trip Edition. <laughs> we're traveling. <laughs> we're we're traveling across the USA and we're coming to you live. I'm just joking. Our I'm, tour has <laughs> one stop and one stop only. <laughs> Listen, we are on a one-stop tour budget. We are in Minneapolis. If any of you are in this area, we'll hang out with you. That's it. That's all we got. By the time you hear this, <laughs> <laughs> we'll be in We'll be in Grand Rapids in Toledo. So if you're in those places, also hit us up. We'll so, hang out regardless. So really, it's a three-stop tour. All right. Anyways, starting starting with here, we're in Minneapolis. That's so, right. Um, we went to Mall of America today, and I really wanted to, to say what our favorite moments were. So you want to go first? Yeah. I thought long and hard. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it, ju- it just happened today. We and, just went. <laughs> uh, I can't. We, you said we had to do the sea life thing. Oh, and yeah, I was really hard-pressed about it. I had so much joy in a way that I didn't think I would have <laughs> seeing these, like, sharks and yeah. little jellyfishes. Like, these sharks would, like, fly over this, like, tunnel that we'd walk through. And the I was just fish. like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. I just keep – I just kept being, like, in Astonished. awe seeing these, seeing these fish. They're cool. Yeah. I um, was telling Brandon, if any of you have been to the uh, Georgia Aquarium in Atlanta, um, it it has that like over thing that he's talking about where you look up and you like they're all above you and it's like times 80. And I was telling him like, we have to take a religious dropouts road trip to Atlanta. That'd be um, cool. I have family there. So we have free, free room and board there too. So that'd be great. Oh, that's good. Less of a fundraiser. Exactly. For... <laughs> you guys really only had to throw like a few tens for that one. But, um, but it's really cool. And uh, it was a lot of fun. I'm really glad we did that. But. My uh, favorite moment is a sweatshirt. So this is like the coolest Blink-182 sweatshirt I've ever seen in my whole life. It is oversized because if you didn't know, it's from Urban Outfitters. And that's like all that they do is baby baby infant tees almost that barely fit you. And then oversized dress type t-shirts and sweatshirts. So I love it. On the back, it says like something about crappy emo music or something. And I just love it so much. So that was really a highlight for me. Honestly, the oversized game has been really, or trends have been yeah. really good for me because I can find some things in my size in a way that I never thought I'd. Absolutely. And Absolutely. I'm not oversized by any means, but I'm like, Urban Outfitters, yeah. like, no. if I'm no. a large, I might be out, you know? Amen. Amen. I ain't got no trouble finding sizes that fit me when they're going large, extra large, which is really a 3X. Well, it's a cool crew neck. I do have to tell yeah. you, I don't know any Blink-182. Oh my God. Oh my God. Wow. This is the stuff that you have to say before we start recording a podcast, because like I, there's other things we need to get to. And I can't sit here and tell you about the girl at the rock show or anything else of like 182 in this particular moment, missing you. I I'm sick. Oh, absolutely. Sick. We should show our M&Ms. Oh, we did. Yeah. This was a great highlight. Cheers. Custom M&M's from the M&M store. Yeah. And that was super fun. And I love, I love 
I don't care. I hope when I'm 80, I still make a stop if we if somewhere we go has an M&M store. I love them. They're so delicious. You discovered a new M&M too. Oh, yeah. Oh, the s'mores. Never heard of it. Never seen it. But I think half my cup has them in there because I kept going back to the little s'mores one. Like, it was so good, dude. Hmm. So I, I, there's so much going on, you guys. And I don't even know where to start. But I, I did think there's a book um, that Brandon and I are reading right now. And it's called Holy Runaways. Um, I'm sure you can't see that cover super well, but we shared it on our Instagram and Facebook stories. And I think we either we will or we shared it recently in the uh, Dropouts and Delinquents Facebook group too. Right. Um, so if you're not in there, make sure you you get in there. But there's a story in this book about um, about the uh, McDonald's lady. Um, and I don't know if you guys remember this, but I'm 32. And in my... Uh, like when I was probably like a teenager or like young, like, like older teenager, like 17, 18, 16, maybe there was a story about the woman who sued McDonald's because her coffee was too hot. Do you remember that story? No. Okay. That's what I was thinking. Cause I think it's an eight. Like, I think there was like a certain, like it happened and it, and it was either impressionable or yeah. it wasn't. Um, but it was like this huge deal because like the whole world like shunned this lady and was like, wow. well, shame on you for not knowing the, you know, fucking coffee was hot. Like you're an idiot. And, and I, I mean, so forever there was this running joke where if you'd get a McDonald's coffee or a coffee from anywhere, you know, like for a long time, somebody with you would say like, you know, that's hot, right? Like kind of making fun of this lady. Oh. And I think if you, if, like I said, I think it, it was an age thing. So I, it was huge when I was, whatever age I was, I remembered it forever and ever. And so it got brought up in this book and he ring, he brings up the story and he says, but did you know that this woman, Stella, who it happened to was 79 years old. And she had third degree burns all over her pelvic area because of the coffee. And at the time, McDonald's apparently had a policy where its resting temperature was between 180 and 190 degrees Fahrenheit. So it, a liquid at that temperature takes only three seconds to cause severe burning if spilled on human skin. Wow. And I just thought, I immediately hear him breaking down the story and my own heart immediately started to like feel something because I remember being a kid and making fun of this woman. Like, I remember that running joke of like, yeah. your coffee's hot, <laughs> you know, thank God there's a label on it now. Cause right. Like that, that ensued them to have to put labels on like that. That's why that happened. Yeah. So anyway, I love, I love what he says though. And this is kind of what I want to get to because we had this conversation. Empathy is what moves us from thinking that the 79 year old about her saying, what an idiot, duh, coffee is hot Two, I'm so sorry. That's awful that she was hurt after we hear her whole story. And then he kind of goes on and, and talks about this and, and relates it to faith and yada, yada, yada. And then here's the end. Um, sometimes people get through when we listen to a friend who is struggling to come out or see a black man gasping for breath under a policeman's knee, our empathy introduces us, introduces tension into the walls of our faith. Long wide cracks might open in one corner of every one of those walls and if we're lucky, it won't be long before they crumble. And I think his message with these stories, because I know out of context, it can like throw you for a loop a little bit, is that like our faith starts to crumble when we built our faith in this beautiful four wall building of the church and all of a sudden empathy of these people's situations and people that are cast out, right, yeah. of the exclusion of the church, it starts to crack all of those walls down. And I just thought that that was such a beautiful story and a beautiful way to connect to to empathy. Yeah. And it may, I just got the imagery of like, 
uh, when you're in the church and in those communities, how many people like stop you from looking at those cracks in the wall? Oh yeah. yeah. Like don't go looking over there. Yeah. It'll, it, it'll be a slippery slope. Let's hang a poster over it. Yeah. And another one, another one. Another or one. <laughs> let's just say something quippy like all lives matter. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, to avoid the actual root of what you're covering up. Right. To avoid the actual empathy you'd be required to have. Yeah. And, and the way that you'd have to stretch to have empathy for somebody that you don't yeah. understand or, yeah. you know, um, this book, he also talks about how the struggle sometimes in the church though, is empathy really requires for you to be close in proximity. And we talked about that a lot of this podcast. Definitely. And so it's just that thought too, like when you're not close to any black people, or people of color, yeah. if you're not close to any LGBTQIA plus people, if you're, you know, it goes on and on and on. Yeah. So it's like, you know. Yeah. Does that, does that press you to become closer? Oh, I mean, you would hope, one would hope that like, if you realize this is what's going on in the world or mm -hmm. these are the stories, why would you not want to be in closer proximity to the people that God, yeah. you know what I mean? For the people that God's heart breaks for and with. That's where you should want to be. Yeah. But it's interesting that you ask that because we recently found out, we shared on an episode a few episodes ago about the sign at West Flint Church Nazarene. Do you guys remember that? We shared, what's that? Remember that sign? You're entering into the mission field. Yeah. That, that, that put out. Yeah. And our friend texted us actually and said, yo, I don't go to that church anymore, but that sign is gone. The new pastor took that sign down. <laughs> and, and, and listen, I don't think that pastor is listening to this podcast, but on the off chance he is, do better. You know what I mean? Like, why, why would you take that sign down? And doesn't it say something now like, glad you're here? Remember, we, we were like, how disingenuous. You, you change the sign from you're now entering the mission field out, like you're now doing what's right out in the community, to we're glad you're here. Like, oh my God, man. You guys, yeah. <laughs> even the one good thing we tried to highlight <laughs> about a about a Nazarene church that we went to or you know had, had experience with they ruined it so it's just like shame on you West Flint but whatever yeah and not to I, call you out <laughs> I do not care if your sign tells me that you're glad I'm here I yeah. care if your whole embodiment tells me that you're glad the problem is your doctrine says that being gay is not cool so like yeah. not okay in any frame of mind well, so I don't know. Not welcome there, obviously. I wish it just said it wasn't cool. Like, instead, it's <laughs> I'd like... I'd be fine with that. We could go there, I guess. Yeah. So, anyway. So, this quote um, felt like, as we talk it into this conversation around um, uh, church, I felt like this quote would be one that, that we, should, we should lead into it with. And this mm. is Ida B. Wells, and this says, The way to right wrongs is to turn the light of truth upon them. Um, and you know, earlier you said there's a lot going on mm -hmm. and it is one of those, if you know, you know, kind of things. And, um, we, we wrestle with that as we do yeah. as podcast community, like how much stewards. do we say yeah, yeah. And, and how much do we not, how much um, do we hold back? But one thing that isn't, uh, <laughs> that isn't if undisclosed you know, you know, yeah. is, uh, that abuse happens from church leaders. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> yeah, abuse of all types, mm -hmm. uh, as we talk about in the on the podcast communi community. I mean, obviously, spiritual abuse is something, but we yep. go into emotional, yep. uh, positional, and uh, and sexual abuse. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think 
I think even the quote that Brandon just shared came from um, one of my friends. Her name is Elle, and and we'll include her Instagram handle in the show notes for you because there's a lot of L's in it, literally. Um, so uh, it was a great, great work there, Elle, with your username. But she yeah. um, she's amazing. Her and her husband, Kenny, are the founders of Grow Curriculum, which is an amazing curriculum company for um, for uh, students and leaders and stuff. It's really cool. And so, um, they, she shared this quote on her Instagram because she actually is a, is a survivor of, of sexual abuse with a situation at a camp that she attended as a youth student. And this person gets called out. His name's Wayne. Um, and so you'll see highlights on her story. And so I'm not going to share her story because not my story to share, yep. but we will share her Instagram so you can go there and kind of get context to, to where this quote came from and why she shared it and whatever. But the point is that it opened up this bigger conversation because her abuse, um, somebody came forward about this man and that person was, was attempted to be silenced. Um, and then 20 other people came forward. Yeah. And, and Elle is one of those 20. Exactly. Yep. And so all of the sudden it became very hard to silence that victim and for him and his family to pretend that they didn't do what they actually did or what he did. He didn't do what he actually did because you know, you have all these victims and all these stories. Now it's very hard to, to, to lie and say right. that's not true. <clears throat> um, and it's a good conversation to start, um, especially around that quote where it's like to turn it right. right. It's to shine light on right. that situation. Absolutely. So, so if you go to Elle's story, you or like her story, she shines light. You will see that she's shining light. The full detail, names, article, everything. I mean, she shares everything in those highlights and, and it, how to identify it. And it starts a good, a good, com which is helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of people can't. Right. Um, right. And a they lot don't of know what it looks like. Past. Yeah. And in this situation, it's very similar of like Wayne and his, and his staff at the campgrounds yeah. that, that he leads mm -hmm. um, where the abuse happened. Mm -hmm. uh, Wayne. Um, oh gosh. What am I saying? Wayne and his staff in his church mm -hmm. uh, on this campgrounds, they, they have blocked these victims. Right. And they, right. They write, um, counter stories and yeah. send it to the news to Absolutely. like, yeah. to say like, that would never happen. This, this never happened. Yep. Yeah. Um, That's and right. they have the back of their spiritual leader and that, and, and so it opens up a conversation around how healthy is that? Mm -hmm. How much do you share and when? And what do you do when like these communities send uh, so many retaliations to, yeah. to a victim story? Yeah, absolutely. And I think we're, you know, we have somebody in, in our lives. I mean, we have a story very close and personal to, to us and, and the people that we know and, and care about where, um, you know, a very similar situation yeah. is kind of taking place where an allegation happened and then proof happened and and we've seen that proof because we have a relationship with um with you know the party that that was yeah. affected and um so i've i've seen everything and and it, it is very sad and um it's heartbreaking but yeah. the family of the person who committed the sexual abuse and you can you can paint that however you want it's the truth i mean yeah i mean i'm talking like police report i'm talking um, text message, like a hundred and something text messages, photos. I mean, I, I'm not trying to paint a picture. That's not true. Um, actual sexual abuse. I, I believe this girl at the time was 17. Um, you know, whatever the point yeah. of what I'm saying is in this case, we're seeing this happen again, where, um, the family is like, they did nothing wrong. This person did nothing wrong. And they're in the church. 
So you have this young girl, you know, the 17 year old girl and this, this almost 30 year old married male who has very inappropriately stepped into this relationship, you know, yeah. with these text messages and this, in this situation. And, um, and you have the, his family in the church protecting him yeah. saying, that's not what happened. Here we go again <clears throat> with the, with the victim who is the victim. And, and what is the most irritating about it is when we, when I see, and I don't want to say we, cause this is my personal feelings. Well, like I've seen the victim uh, or the, the, the person, the perpetrator, right. The guy who did this, I see his family, like on social media, like talking about gossip and talking about how to, how to be like just these different lies, right? Like that. These are lies that, and it's like, it, I think it's so hard because the church is perpetually covering up abuse at the hands of victims who actually experienced abuse. Yeah. And, and it's such a sick system because it seems to happen all the time. This is one situation, but I know a couple of, of some of the biggest churches on our district Two actually that I think of probably in the top five yeah. uh, on our district, I would say, um, in the last, let's say 10 or 12 years have both had significant situations of abuse, both of which never, never did anything they were supposed to do. They right. never went to the proper authorities. They never went through the proper, proper channels. They, they took this abuse and they swept it under the rug. And again, at the, at the cost of these victims, like, and, and the victims are still carrying this. Like, and they never got justice. They never, the church swept it under the rug and moved on. And I just think it, it is about, it, it's about time to start bringing this shit to the light. And so for me, just like the story, even though we said we're not naming names, we will. When this, when this situation comes out and this, and the facts are out, right? When it's not just hearsay between this conversation with us right now, when you can see what we've seen, we will name names because we want to protect you. We're not in the business of protecting people who are inappropriately engaging in these sexual abuse type of allegations and situations. We're not in that. We're in the business of protecting you. Yeah. So we we're sharing, we'll, we'll share names and we share situations, not because we want gossip and lies and, yep. and a bunch of bullshit. We share it because you could be a victim. Right. In until the truth comes out, we, we hope to always be uh, people that stand alongside victims. We've always. talked about that before. Always. But, um, but if if we we if the truth came out and we ended up being wrong, yeah, what do we would say so? So like absolutely, I'm, so like we're but not, we've seen it, yeah. So it's not wrong yeah. when we know we're not wrong, and we and the other couple churches we just mentioned that we that is the same thing. We've seen the abuse. We've seen yeah. the victims of those abuse situations that have that have come forward that have that have named pastors that are still on the district, still head pastors of those churches. Some of them, a couple of them that were the ones that covered up the abuse and, and they went untouched. They still go untouched. Why does the church struggle so hard with listening to women who are uh, a victim? Well, of abuse? and that, and one of the situations it was men that were the victims. Yeah. But I think, I think it's because the church in this now, I'm not saying always, but yeah. in our generation, like of what we've experienced, I think you would say this too. There is a huge lack of humility. That there's no, mm. there's no ability. And, and there's been so many times, if you watch this podcast back from episode one, where Brandon and I have been like, yeah, we don't really know. Like, we don't know if we're getting it right. We don't know if this is the, like this, you are not watching an experts edition podcast. You are watching two broken people yeah. who are navigating a deconstructed faith 
finding Jesus in all of the places we can mm -hmm. and desperately clinging to God that we thought was lost, right? Like we, we've, we're, we're, that's who we are. And, and, and I don't understand why the church can't just be honest about who they are. Like this abuse happened yeah. and covering it up and pretending you have that, that just perpetually hurts everybody. Like, I, I don't understand. I, I don't understand. I don't know. Yeah. I have, I have somebody, image. Definitely image. I don't reputation, know. power, uh, control, yeah. control. I know, I know even myself, um, when, when I lost the position, when I knew I was going to turn in my credential and lose the, the name pastor that, that kind of goes right. before me, yeah, you're right. I was like, Oh, this is like a, a demotion. Me like too. I yeah. felt, I felt like this is, I allowed this to become so much part of my identity you're right. yeah, you're that right. I didn't know who I could be without it because what I was, was I was passionate about students. Yeah. I love to see life, their life change. And I'd like to walk side them, yep. walk alongside them through their faith. Like, yeah. and so when I couldn't do that anymore, I was like, I don't know what I am. Yeah. And then come to find out God has gifted me and created me Absolutely. in a way that like, it doesn't take any position yeah. for me to, to still be who I, who he's created me to be. But I think you're, you're onto something there when you say, when, even in the beginning of what you said about being a pastor, I think people do like, and we've had this conversation before, like when you carry that title, for some reason you carry some sort of like a uh, hierarchy over everybody else. And like, you just don't. And, and I'll be honest with you in some of these situations, I've been alongside pastors in my classes and in my experience of ministry that had no, no right to be sitting in those seats, man. Like, like well, never should have been. Can I bring it up? Because how easy it, is it to cling to it and to cover yeah. up and to, yeah. and to deny Yep. in order to, to keep that? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know, that, what if it that, costs you something? Yeah. What if it costs you something right. or like, um, God forbid people look at you or think of you differently, which yeah. we need to get over for we need sure. To do the right thing in protection of people. Totally. When it stops being about you and starts being about God, yeah. you don't cover up and protect abuse. Totally. Maybe let's take that clip and just share it and all over the place. Let the cards fall. <laughs> exactly. If that, if that, if that hurts my reputation, if I yeah. lose my job or whatever, yeah. I need to be okay with that. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Well, and in speaking of, of, of things that cost you, um, we had a, uh, our friend uh, who is, um, a pastor in the church Nazarene as of right now, uh, still. And, um, I think she will be for the next year as she kind of decides what might be next and, yeah. um, whatever she's still ordained in the church of Nazarene. Her name is um, Reverend Joanne Bastine. Yep. And I believe her podcast is called, this is her story. Yep. If you want to look it up and there's an episode on there, unfortunately, I don't remember what episode number it is, but, um, she recorded an episode where she talks about a lot of what we kind of just said, like, we're not gonna Brandon and I, from the day that we started this podcast, um, have always said that we're going to be really uh, careful mm -hmm. about using names because um, we know that there's just another layer to that, especially with our listeners that don't know any of those people. Yeah. So we don't always <laughs> gain when we, when we call people out by name. And yeah. also it's just something we've wrestled with, to and, be honest. And to be real, I'd rather talk about the issue yeah. with, and right. not necessarily the details. That's right. I'd, we could talk about the issue and if we could solve that, we would be good. We right. can move on. 100%. This isn't a message for people that understand that story or whatnot. Right. Honestly, most of you would call us if like, yeah. if you want to know what we think about something. Yeah, but for like, sure. Or you'd message us. Yeah, There's sure. a part of our audience that 
the the Nazarene stuff, like right. You guys don't know, so we're not. Yeah. We don't need to get into all that. But, but the general overarch of the story, <laughs> yeah. Switch up the names or not say them at all, and we can talk about the principles, the failures, the issues, and all of that. Like that's right. That's a better place to dive into, I think. And but as far as what we're called to here, I agree. Yeah, I agree. And but so Joanne's we, podcast, yeah. We will link, and you guys, you guys should go listen to it. Yeah, I think so too. I, I mean, I think it's a great podcast because she basically outlines a lot of what we've experienced. Yep. One of the stories we've shared, you know, a few times over the last, you know, few months with you, this trial that we referenced of the pastor and the the bullying and whatever, all that stuff. Yeah. That case that happened, that investigation, all that. It's very courageous. It's very authentic, and it was necessary for her. And so I bring that up because on her podcast, she shared that on her, on her Facebook. Um, and it was insane. It's got like 1500 downloads. I mean, it probably has more now on that post though. I could talk about a thousand things, but I, I guess I'm going to talk about this one. <laughs> we have, uh, what we like to call a keyboard warrior. Keyboard. I'll, I'll let them do it. So we have a keyboard warrior that uh, that on Joanne's Facebook post, uh, this keyboard warrior says, I would like to speak up on behalf of my pastors and say that not one person except the full-time secretary, who while I will add is amazing, Praise. gets paid one dime to pastor that church, which <laughs> what I will add is that secretary could use some character refinement. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the receipts, so I'm going to have to agree. Continue. They gain nothing financially from pastoring that church. They do it 100% free. I only say this because you cite money being the root of all kinds of evil. That's not what going what, what's going on here. Not at all. Not one bit. That's a fact. That fact. Will, it's kind of funny. It's kind of rhymey. I know. I know. It's kind it's of, really... Eminem could do some real work with I it. Don't but know. That it's... fact was conveniently left out of this. The, Diatribe? Diatribe. Also. Is it debauchery? (laughs) Drama. Gossip. Gosh. I don't know what to say when your defense of your church is that they don't take care of any of their people. Like, like, (laughs) listen, listen, let me just say, I want to defend my church. They're really good. And nobody on staff, except the secretary who has cut off almost all of her siblings, actually all of her siblings, and doesn't let her kids see any of their aunts or uncles, other than her, who's an amazing person. Nobody gets paid. Can you imagine? <laughs> what? Let me ask you. Let's. Dude. You're a mom. You're you're responsible for your family. I'm also pure evil, but keep going. Yeah, go ahead. You take your family out to eat. Right. Let's, right. Can you imagine bragging and be like, I didn't pay for none of them. Like, <laughs> they all had to earn their motherfucking keep. I didn't do shit. Like, that's what's so crazy is like, you are called as a pastor to shepherd your flock, bro. There is no, there is no fucking way that you are doing. And here's what I'll say. Wait a second. There's no, I'll, I'll say effing. So we don't repeat too many F words. There's no effing way that you're it doing already explicit. <laughs> that you're doing a good job in your head pastoral ministry. If you do not pay your damn staff, but let me, let me do a disclaimer though. Because there are some churches that can't afford to do that. I worked for one. And I want you to know that I'm not talking about them. 
I'm not talking about the churches that are small, that have volunteers. That's how they run. That's what they do. Yeah. I'm not talking about them. And I need to make that very clear because there yeah. are people who watch this that can't afford to pay their staff. And I'm not talking to you because I know your heart. I know the size of your church. I know the income yeah. you guys bring in, but there is no excuse for this type of bullshit. Yeah. And you were a victim of it. So please, I would love, by all means, did that benefit you? No. Share away. <clears throat> no, it hurt. Like, it was it was a problem. What do you mean? Weird. Like, do you think a church like that could also believe that any sort of, like, racism could be systemic? Absolutely not. <laughs> no. You think that racism and hateful stuff comes from the top and then the congregation? This is what I'll say. When you have a church with a pastor who is a bully and who is dangerous in their speech, and who is all the things I'm not even going to say because I'm just going to move on. And then you have someone that used to stand on the stage and do, do worship with the worship team on that church and is a member of that church and sits in the pews each week of that church, goes to another pastor because they go their kids go to the same school. This, this dude went to this their kids' school dance Oh yeah, 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 and accosted another pastor, <clears throat> yelling at this kid's school dance. Tell me that that is not a mirror of your environment. Are you kidding me? Your head pastor is a mother effing bully. So no shit, you're gonna go to your kid's school dance and be an asshole to another pastor over weird drama and gossip and whatever. Like it, you breed the environment that you are in. Like that's who you become. So. Of course, the people coming out of that church have hints of racism and homophobia and hate Absolutely. speech. Shocking. Like, of course. And can I say, like, when you when you drive into that church and you just cussed out in uh, a dad at his daddy-daughter dance. Which is what happened. That's exactly what I'm telling you. And you see the sign that says, welcome home, or this church welcomes you here, you're what welcome home? here. Why does that head pastor welcome that individual? 100%. Do you know what I mean? Why but, does but that never individual once, get to be like, I am welcomed here in but this never, facility? But never once demand that individual to apologize to that pastor. God. That's the bullshit. Yeah. Th that's what I'm saying to you. As a head pastor, you have a responsibility to shepherd your flock. And, and you're not, and, and when your flock is doing shit like that, you got to take a seat, man. You got to take a seat. That guy's welcomed. But I do believe I heard from that pulpit, uh, if you voted for anyone other than Trump, you're not welcomed in heaven or in this church. I did hear that. And actually, I heard that firsthand <laughs> from somebody who was sitting in the seats and never went back to that church. So, like, I'm just mm. saying. So, either way, I, I, this and this is this is just the whole point is not to go <laughs> on a rant about one church, right? Because there's a lot of them just like this. But I think the real issue, like Brandon and I said, the reason we don't name names is because this is not just a singular issue. This is yeah. like a big, and, and it goes back to the original conversation we just had about empathy. Yeah. If you have empathy for another human being, you don't talk that way. Yeah. Um, there was a video uh, Candace Owens did recently at a university and Candace Owens, please. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. I will, I will drop dead at this table right now. If I have to like say her name even one more time, <laughs> but she was doing this speech and she's like, well, I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, identify people by their, I just feel like that's how she should sound. I don't know, but <laughs> I'm not going to identify people by their pronouns because they're delusional. I'm not going to fade into their delusion. And I'm like, listen, 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 you little idiot. You, the, first of all, first of all, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Empathy. 
there is science and science and science and science that defends the transgender community. I don't care if you don't like it. There is scientific data that, that suggests and has shared with us that this is an actual situation. Like this is not delusion. They're not mentally ill. They genuinely, this is a real bodily uh, like situation. Right. The science supports that it is possible. Exactly. And, and ha- is it happening? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So for you to say that they're delusional, like the delusion really is you thinking that you can still have like say whatever you want and do whatever you want to other people with no shred of empathy and then claim to be a Christian. The fuck you are. Absolutely not. You are not not. welcome up in this church. No, absolutely not. Like, please, like, and I think that's the biggest thing that Brandon and I, this whole episode, when it comes to the sexual abuse allegations, when it comes to the way you speak about victims, the way you speak about situations, like the way you listen to victim stories, even if you think it's bullshit, it doesn't, the way you listen, the way you respond, the way your church responds, like, Empathy. It's all empathy. Yeah. The, the way you actually care about people and shepherd people <laughs> yep. comes down to your ability to have empathy for people and their pain and, and their hurt and their abuse. And I think deconstruction is no different. Which I think is why um, we'll always put on those shoes of like uh, siding with the victim versus like yeah. just, well, let me wait until the facts come. <laughs> no. The no. facts can come later. The facts can come later. We, because... 90 times, nine times out of 10. That's right. That's the, right. The abused is telling the truth. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> so I, I saw this, um, Anthony Garola is a great Instagram account. And, and I, I don't know how, when I say we'll link things in the show notes, listen, we're just out here doing the best we can. Okay. So <laughs> will we, who knows, but you can look him up. His name's Anthony Garola. And, I don't appreciate that. I put do, most of the links no, in the file. <laughs> no, you do, but I don't want, I don't want them to feel like mad if we don't because you're just doing the best you can so if you miss one by the grace of god like you had 20 other ones to include you know what i mean that was really coming to your defense yeah yeah, yeah. we just have too much but anthony garola um posted this beautiful image and i obviously like i'm i can't share the image with you as we're like talking on our podcast but yeah looks about like this this big little ocean little this little that okay yeah if you're watching the youtube you just got a good good little preview but um (laughs) Anyway, I thought that as we kind of um, transition here, um, I thought that this would be a really good time uh, to just kind of rest together in in our pain and in our brokenness. And we don't always end in prayer uh, and we're not necessarily going to end in prayer now, but I want to read this over you and speak this over you. And if this is not where you are, Um, I would encourage you don't feel like you have to listen to one more second of this podcast. Um, I think that we, you know, Brandon made a friend on the plane today who I think practices paganism Mm -hmm. and who's to say that, that she won't stumble upon this podcast. And if she does, you know, you don't have to listen past, past this point, you know? Yeah. So this is your soft exit. Goodbye. We love you so much. Thanks for listening. Absolutely. And, and so for those of you that want to stay, um, I would love to just, just calmly speak these words over you. Um, and, um, And we're just going to read this. I'm going to read a little bit of it and Brandon's going to close it out. Uh, So we just like to read this for you. Yahweh, I need you. I'm trying to see you, but everything is blurry by the tears. My eyes are red from trying to rub away the pain. I feel like I should be over this by now, but every day I wake up and I feel under it. Healing feels like I lost opportunity that can never find its way back. 
Is it possible to be so deep in pain that even your arms could not reach? Maybe if I could lift them in worship, you would notice them, but I can barely move them from covering my face. And yet I hear a voice on the breeze that breaks through between my tear-stained fingers. Your face is all I want to see. My face is imperfect. It cannot stop making tears. It cannot stop the sound of agony. It cannot even fake the smile anymore. I'm far from your image. Your face is all I want to see. My face is imperfect. It cannot stop making tears. I'm quickly reminded that your image wasn't always so put together. In fact, it was ripped apart so that we may be together. But I don't want to hurt you. I want your sacrifice to be worth it. I don't want to drown you in my pain. You suffered enough on my behalf. Through the sound of my fast beating heart, I hear the confidence in your steps. They're becoming louder. They're drawing closer. It seems as if my pain is not a problem, but a pathway directly to where your desires go. Beloved, your tears cannot drown the God who walks on water. Your tears are not an indicator that God has left you. They are the evidence that he is near. If you're listening and you're still here with us, would you please know that you are never too far in your pain to be reached and touched and held by God. In, in all the things we talk about in this podcast, we get sometimes angry, we get sometimes loud, we sometimes make things jokes that were just serious 10 seconds ago. But the reality of what Brandon and I always want to do here is remind you that at the end of the day, God loves you exactly as you are, exactly who you are, in exactly whatever mess you're in, whether you are a sexual abuse victim or or whether you are the perpetrator. God, God loves you, yep. but we're in the business of accountability. And so I'm sorry if that also hurts. Mm -hmm. And so if you're in pain today, if you're hurt today, whoever you are, wherever you are, please just know that you have a God that sees that and holds that and is never too far from that. Yep. We love you guys. We love you too. Hey fam. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Religious Dropouts Podcast. We hope it gave you a space to breathe, to laugh, and connect. It's our hope that as you journey along with us, that you too might find yourself saying, damn, it feels good to be a dropout. Be sure to check out our show notes for links to anything mentioned in this episode, including ways to connect with us on social media. We'd also love for you to like, subscribe, and share this podcast with anyone you know who might want to join our community. You are loved. Have a great week.